0: You're listening to a podcast from 702. 702. Afternoon drive with Wongani Bingwa. Live. Online. The 702 app. DSTV. And 92.7 and 106 FM. It is eight minutes after four o'clock. I'm going to ask you to bear with me just a little bit on this one. I want to quote, uh, shall we call it the top 11 quotes from the judgment from the High Court in Pretoria on Friday, just to paint a clear picture of what has been happening. And I want to then talk about some of the responses to it. I'm going to just pick uh, several passages that jump out at me. And one of them, uh, the judges uh, write, uh, He, the president they're referring to, must have known that the law prescribes what Mr. Ngasana is permitted to be paid. Despite this, he paid Mr. Ngasana what Mr. Ngasana wanted. Uh, This is what uh, Judge Mlambo said when he was reading out that judgment. Uh, Two, his attitude must have been that he is allowed freely to use the public purse to secure the removal of Mr. Ngasan. Three, would prefer therefore to conclude as we do that the president was simply reckless as to whether his conduct was unlawful. Four, in our view, President Zuma would clearly be conflicted in having to appoint an NDPP given the background to which we have referred, particularly the ever-present specter of the many criminal charges against him that have not gone away. Five, it is declared that as long as the incumbent president is in office, and that's referring to President Zuma, the deputy president is responsible for decisions relating to the appointment, suspension or removal of the NDPP. Uh, six, there is no longer any obstacle in the way of the criminal charges proceeding. Seven, it follows that in our view the settlement agreement is invalid because Mr. Ngasana did not request uh, to be allowed to vacate the office of the NDPP as is required by section 12.8 point A of the NPA Act but rather because he was persuaded to vacate the office by the unlawful payment of an amount of money substantially greater than that permitted by the law. Eight. First, there is the broader pattern of the President's conduct in litigation of defending what ultimately turns out on the president's own concession to have been the indefensible all along, banking on any advantage that the passage of the time may bring. This pattern was played out in well publicized cases in the courts and would be naive to ignore. We refer here particularly to the ngandla case and the spy tapes case. Nine, Mr. Ngasana too must have known that the bargain he was driving was unlawful. First he was after all the NDPP and the NDPP. NPA Act was ultimately his charge to administer. And 10, third, in this dedication, as as in the President's and the NPA's appeal to the SCA, Advocate Sean Abrams has associated himself inconsistent with the imperative of prosecutorial independence on all the material issues with the position of the president. The last one, the judgments that questioned the integrity of advocates Nomgobo Jiba, Lawrence Mkwebu, and Tsbongi Lemzinyat, who were judgments of the high court. And advocate Abrahams should not have questioned, but should have instead have acted on their results. So those are just what we might call the top 11 points to take out of that high court judgment in pretoria on friday now i'm going to play you two clips of responses by senior anc officials who have reacted in ways that i think we should all be gravely concerned about the first is cabinet minister batabile lamini she of course uh, also the anc women's league president
1: traditionally has gone against the supreme law of the country which is the constitution which should be guiding them. They are now uh, very clearly part uh, of uh, the clicks and even the language uh, that is used uh, by them, you can hear who was sitting uh, with them drafting uh, those uh, statements on their behalf. And therefore, uh, we want to say to them, their country will be asked from them and their hands are dripping of blood should anything happen in this country because of what uh, they are doing.
0: I mean, you don't get more explosive than that. But Tabile Lamini is saying that the judges are not only acting without independence. She says somebody else is telling them what to say. And she also says if anything, ominously, if anything were to happen in this country or to this country, their hands would be dripping with blood. Make of that what you will, but I think we should be very concerned. But she's not the only one not about to be outdone. Mineral Resources Minister Musa Zizwane had this to say.
1: There are decisions that are taken now of late that we cannot understand. or a president cannot perform his own function which is elected for. What <laughs> do
0: Unheard of, says Musebenzi Zwane. So the problem here is we've got two cabinet ministers. These aren't just ordinary MPs. These aren't backbenchers who have no position of authority. And they are creating a particular narrative that seeks to discredit, that seeks to delegitimize the judiciary. And I suppose the first question to be asked is whether or not the executive or indeed parliament can act with impunity outside the four corners of the constitution. And if they have done so, can they be both judge and accused? I mean, that's the whole point of the separation of powers. And these guys don't seem to understand that fundamental principle of our democracy. And since we are talking about the law, only the courts can deal with this. This wasn't about a vote or some political issue. This was about the law. And it is for the courts to deal with. With that. So even now, uh, they're not arguing about a possible false reasoning by the judges, but rather they want to be able to say that basically the executive can trample on the Constitution with impunity and throw the gauntlet to the courts saying, don't dare encroach on our domain we're joined now on the line by former judge president and he is of course uh, in his current uh, role the tax ombud but we're going to speak to him really as a judge judge bernard on the line from 20 good afternoon to you sir and thank you for your time
1: good afternoon to you and to your listeners
0: so but it was a bit of a long-winded introduction there but i thought it was important to set the context in its uh, rightful place So when you hear cabinet ministers speak that way about the judiciary, what's your response?
1: Uh, Well, obviously, uh, for purpose of clarity, I'm not going to comment on the judgment itself because it's still going to another court in the form of an appeal. But of course, back to your specific question. Um, For a let me say that uh, it's not the first time that uh, politicians have expressed themselves about judgments with which they are not comfortable. But for my part, um, I won't spend any sleepless nights about it, any sleepless night about it, because um, one thing I can tell you is that such comments uh, will not have any impact on judges. If anything, you tend to strengthen their resolve to make sure that they apply the law courageously and with the necessary conviction. As a judge, I've served for many years, 18 years as a judge, and uh, whether you condemned me or you complimented me on my judgment, it cut no eyes with me. It just didn't bother me. And and I'm sure it's the same attitude with judges. Um, you, You cannot even begin to influence judges by making certain remarks and hope that maybe you can can influence them one way or the other, even in future. And I sincerely hope that was not the intention on the part of, of anybody, because that they would never achieve. But we must constantly remind ourselves, and not only those the people that you've quoted, I'm speaking in general, not only politicians, but everybody, we must constantly remind ourselves that we live in a constitutional state. That is where the constitution reigns supreme. You can do what you like, you can elect anybody that you want to, to elect as your leader uh, in your political party anytime, but it must be in accordance with the constitution. Everything is governed by the constitution. Yeah. If if you do things which fall follow of the constitution, you may have to, to blame yourself. It may well be that you are not getting uh, the correct advice, and I've said this before. Mongani, if I may say so. Yeah. The concern that I've expressed in the past is that sometimes I feel sorry for civil servants and politicians, everyone else, because you get the impression that they don't get the correct legal advice. In a country where the Constitution reigns supreme, you would want to see people getting advice from experts on constitutional matters. But in some instances, they don't, and you just sympathize with them. But be that as it may, to answer your question uh, to the point, I really don't think remarks by politicians, whoever, have any impact on judges. Not today, not tomorrow, not
0: ever. I hear you on that, Judge, and perhaps uh, in terms of being able to influence judges, they may not have that impact. But as you say, ours is a a constitutional democracy. But when you delegitimize uh, the legal system, the judiciary, in this way, I mean, how much does that weaken the system in its entirety? If judges are seen uh, in the way that these politicians have framed them, isn't that a threat? to the system in in its entirety?
1: It it, it may, to a certain extent, create um, wrong perceptions or unpleasant perceptions on the part of some people with regard to the judiciary. But I think the judiciary in this country is executing its task so well that uh, (laughs) I don't think anybody can incite anybody to rise against the judiciary. I don't think anybody can successfully uh, run a campaign to, to discredit the judiciary to the point where you can say, well, um, we can stand against the judiciary, we incite the public against the judiciary. You are simply not going to succeed in doing that. You just look silly. The truth of the matter is that people now know that their protector is the Constitution. And they know that there are people whose task it is to come up with the ultimate interpretation of the Constitution. And in that very in- instrument which protects them so, well, it's unfortunate. Some remarks are unfortunate, but I don't see them getting anybody anywhere. If anything, the judges' resolve will be strengthened. No judge worth the assault would allow the public to get the impression that they're being intimidated by, by politicians.
0: You are okay. going to succeed. All right, Judge Bernard Nwepe, the current tax ombud, and of course the former Judge President of the North and South Houteng High Court.